Look at yourselves. You're beautiful and handsome. You're, you're spiritual. Spiritual. All right. Yeah, Mike Davis, that includes you. Yeah, you're the most spiritual. Uh-oh, <laughs> he's hiding from me. Okay. Wow. I love my church series. You know, last five weeks we had popcorn, special music, movie clips. Well, game's over. Back on your heads. Okay. <laughs> So good to be together. Also, too, just a special shout out to, to the Wilkins family, uh, Carl and Tony Wilkins, from uh, Joy Church, Eugene. All right. I know my son, so do not put any money in our offering or you'll have hell to pay when you get home. Okay, just, just teasing. They're doing great up there. Uh, although I do have to make a note that um, uh, the Martinez family have spanned family members in Medford, Grants Pass, and now Eugene. So that's pretty awesome. So anyway, wow, youth camp's tomorrow. I started going to youth camp when I was 11, not ours, obviously. But uh, I'm 63, and I am so jacked up about going tomorrow. It's just great. Youth camp is great. You can tell when it's phony, can't you? All right. But anyway, God is doing some great things. We're surviving the smoke. Um, it's good to see Jeremy and Whitney uh, Smith. Where's uh, Jeremy? Stand up and wave to everybody. This is our beautiful Air Force couple. And uh, I see some of your folks had to go chase down that plane up near Tacoma. Wow, that was weird. Yeah. Anyway, I haven't, I haven't spoke on a Sunday for a while. I'm just like, <laughs> enjoying it. <laughs> How are my hair and nails so far? You know, loving it. Anyway, it, the message that when we get into it, you'll see is pretty serious, but I really am enjoying the goodness of God. God is good. It's good to see uh, just everything that's going on and just see how he takes care of, of people. How many of you know that when you walk with Jesus, there's protection, there's care, there's guidance, and, and uh, he's not just a regional God. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't just uh, uh, serve with you till you cross the Josephine County line, even though there's no law up there. Uh, they don't have a sheriff department hardly, you know, two sheriffs to cover, you know, hundreds of miles. I call that the lawless zone, but you know, the Lord is with us too. He's with us and guides us, and so it's so good to reconnect with people and just see how God is still leading them and guiding them and doing well. Wow. All in. A gamer babe. That's a term that's used by uh, Mike Kruko and Dwayne Kuyper of the uh, San Francisco Giants. They're the uh, probably, in my estimation, some of the best broadcasters in, in baseball. Notwithstanding Vin Scully, the late, well, Vin's still alive, I believe. And Vin just retired from L.A. for years and years and years. So there's been some great ones. But Kruk and Kipe, they, 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 they have these funny terms they use. And so San Francisco is not always the best weather for baseball. And so I've been there watching a June game, and I'm dancing in place to try to stay warm and not freeze, especially when they were out at Candlestick Point. And so uh, Kruk and, and Kipe, they look down and they see the gals that show up. You know, they've got their, you know, panda headdress on for, uh, you know, Sandoval and Pablo Sandoval. And they've got their, their blankets that say Giants. And they go, there's a gamer, babe. She's all in, rooting for the Giants. Well, you know, I've used that term now and I call my wife a gamer, babe. She's a gamer, babe. It, to know Kim is to uh, meet an obsessed person. Uh, and, 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 and our whole family, we're just, any meter that we touch, we overpeg. Boom, 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 boom. We're, we're all kind of that way. We're just in it. Love it. You know, we've got now uh, Wesley and the new grandson. And so she and I, you know, we're waiting for, uh, the baby won't stop crying. We'll be right over. <laughs> any reason to see the baby, you know. 
the baby has projectile vomiting and the baby will not stop crying. We'll be right there. And so uh, that, that's, that Kim is that way. She's an all-in individual and I really love her. And that's among the number of things that I love her for, I love that until it bothers me. How many know all-in people, you know, like, hey, it's 11 o'clock, let's clean the house. No, honey, let's not. I want to be sedated, you know. And so I'm inspired by people that are gamer babes. They're all in. They really love that. And everywhere that I've been, I see people. I went to the Kite Festival. Kim and I went to the Kite Festival in Lincoln City in June. And here is the, the team from Medford, from the local Kite Association. They're setting up all the, the lanes for the exhibitions and things. And I thought, man, there's some, some kite flying gamer babes. And so I'm going, should I join that? And I say, no, I don't have the time. I need to be a gamer babe with the house of God. It's kind of where all my springs of joy are in Zion, in the house of the Lord. And so I remember when I was a chess nut, not roasting over an open fire, but a play competitive chess. And I remember what it was like. I had some, some very, very dedicated chess buddies a kid named Marvin Anstead from Chamalt, and then my friend Mike Ligon from Ashland, and, and, uh, and I went to state championships as a senior. The only year I played competitive chess, and I went to the championships and, uh, and uh, didn't get enough sleep, so I won about two matches and I got eliminated. But my buddies the next year, Marvin won the junior uh, chess uh, tournament, and then Mike, I think, took third in that, first in French, uh, French speaking, because his mother was French from France, and he took first in math uh, contest for the state of Oregon. So, so in my life, I've been around a lot of really obsessed and all-in people. This morning, I'd like to talk to you about the one that is probably the one that God felt was one of the most all-in people ever, and that was King David. He's called a man after God's own heart. And, and, and David in Psalm 24, he, he talks this. He says, um, one thing have I desired of the Lord. One thing. Before we talk about the one thing, I want to give you a little bit of back, background. You know, David wasn't like a dress for success kind of guy. He didn't come from a lineage of rulers that taught him how to rule. He came from... Uh, you know, Bethlehem of Judah. He came from farmers. They were just given ancestral lands from the time of Joshua on when they went into the land. And so, so David's family, you know, uh, they, they, they had their holdings. And so Dave's early life was setting out on a bluff, watching the sheep, making sure that he cared for their essential needs, cared for them to have good grazing, protection. He was powerful in crisis, which was with him for the rest of his life. He, he wasn't one of those guys that was a good theory warrior. He was a guy that was understated, but when a bear came in and a, and a lion rolled in, he wasted him. Boom. Dispatch. And that's the same spirit he felt about Goliath. You know, Saul, yeah, I'll just take him out. He's just another large object that can be hit with stones. I think David actually thought it through and thought, you know, the dude's wearing heavy armor and I'm nimble. I've ran on these rocks for years and I've got five stones and come probably pick up more. I don't know that he thought the first one would nail Goliath. But so here's David and he's, he's from a farmer family and there was a dynasty that seemed like it was going to go on and that was Saul, who's a Benjaminite. And he was the king. And David was basically just minding his family's business. He was watching the sheep. And he was uh, singing psalms to the Lord. Hidden valleys produce great kings. He got captured by something that he t sang about and wrote about, though he didn't even have the chance to see. He always talked about your tabernacle the tent, the place of your dwelling, the place where your glory shines forth. And yet it was in his heart to build that. And here he was, just a shepherd boy, and he was recruited by God. When he was recruited, his family didn't even think, do you have any sons? Samuel's trying to prophesy over the one he's going to anoint as king. And 
well, here's this one and the older one, these handsome, developed men. And they kept going and God said, no. And finally they said, are you sure that's the only sin? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the dreamer. You ever notice that God uses dreamers? Like Joseph? People whose minds are in heaven, not just on what they can get on earth. They said, oh yeah, we've got, we've got another one, David, and he's tending the sheep. We'll bring him. Samuel must have been a little bit shocked when he saw David. He was a ruddy. He was a, he was a good Irish-looking kid, you know. Reddish hair with some freckles, good suntan. But he didn't look like a king. God said, man looks on the outside. God looks on the heart. That's my man. So David, all of a sudden, for being willing to be a king, kind of, he runs for a number of years as a fugitive through those Judean hills. We pen psalms like, as a deer pants for the water brooks. So my heart longs for you, God. And he never lost that which he gained as a value shopper. So many people, when they shop, they waste money on garbage. David was a value shopper. He wasn't going to waste his life's energy on just women and this and that. He ended up having a big flaw with a woman. But that wasn't his heart. His heart was for God. And so he became successful. The Lord's word prevailed and he suddenly began to rule in Hebron for seven years. And then finally, all the, all the tribes of Israel said, hey, Judah, share him. David's the one that walked out and armies of, of Israel followed him and he was, he was our leader. Let him be king of all of us. And so he became king in Jerusalem. You'd think that'd be a time to start flirting with the gods of Moab and Ammon. Chemosh, Molech, other gods, but it wasn't. What was that one thing he said he longed for? He said, one thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek after. One thing. That I might dwell in the house of the Lord. And inquire in his temple. Today, we, the church of Jesus, are gathering in this building. Many people drive by, they go, oh, there's joy. No, 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 there's the building that houses joy at certain meetings. But joy is a spiritual construction that lives all over the valley. And now joy is not only all over the valley, but we're increasingly becoming all over the world and all over the Northwest. One thing have I desired that I could dwell in your house. God said, man, your heart's so great. David wanted to build the house of the Lord. We're going to find out how tremendously he wanted to build the house of the Lord because he took nearly $3 billion of his own money to donate for the building. You see... Back in the world, you know, there was a little phrase about mouthing off when you're about ready to get in a fist fight. Don't let your mouth deliver a bill that your butt can't handle. Now, anybody that's ever squared off somewhere in a back alley understands exactly what I'm talking. I just, last night, we, some of us were at In-N-Out and one of my young guys was waving and pointing at cards. I said, don't do that. I said, you know, I'm good for a fight, but not tonight. And you'd be pointing at cars, and someone's going to turn around and find out what we're doing. And, you know, and I, I don't, I don't want to play David and Goliath. Because I used to think I was always Goliath. Now I'm looking more like David or Shemp or somebody, Mo, Larry, or Curly or something. But, you know, what happens is that... that we sing songs, and sometimes I'm, I'm really careful when we sing songs. I go, oh, God, let it be. I surrender all. 
I surrender most. Psalm to Jesus. I surrender. I surrender all. I love that song. Now I sing it as a prayer. Not as a dedication of where I'm really at fully. But David opened up his mouth and he, he invoiced himself. He said, one thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I can dwell in your house, that I can inquire in your temple, that I can behold your beauty. He was saying, you know what? Greater than beating the Edomites, greater than beating the Assyrians, greater than beating Philistines or being leader of the people. There's one thing that has my attention and compels the deepest desire of my heart, and that is to be in the hidden place, the secret place with the Lord and to inquire in His temple. Let me just tell you this, that when you get a revelation of the Spirit of God, you will begin to find out there's church going on when you're 30,000 feet in a plane and God's talking to you. Or when you're up on the side of a mountain going through a deep storm and the Holy Spirit talks to you and tells you about the future. Let me tell you something. Church can happen anywhere. It can also even happen in a building on Sunday. But I want to tell you something. David wanted something more than what man could give him. I want to talk to you this morning about David's life, about our life. I've seen people spend money, great money for things they love. You know, one, one uh, newspaper publisher from Europe way back in the 80s, I think he had a yacht that they figured he spent thirty to $40,000 a day to keep that yacht operating. People buy elaborate everything. But the Bible teaches us it's all going up in smoke. The earth and all of matter is going to be dissolved. And we're going to find out that only that which is spiritual and that which is realistic that we can put our hearts behind do we really get credit for. So the first session of I love my church is because I love my church or I love the house of God, I'm willing to give. Looking at the life of David. Please turn with me to First Chronicles chapter 29, 1 through 9. This is coming from the New Living Translation. First Chronicles chapter 29, 1 through 9. Then King David turned to the entire assembly and said, My son Solomon, whom God has clearly chosen as the next king of Israel, is still young and inexperienced. The work of him, ahead of him is enormous, for the temple he will build is not for mere mortals. It is for the Lord. Oh, excuse me, the Lord God himself. Using every resource at my command, I have gathered as much as I could for building the temple of my God. Now there is enough gold, silver, bronze, iron, and wood, as well as great quantities of onyx, other precious stones, costly jewels, and all kinds of fine stone and marble. And now because of my devotion to the temple of my God, I am giving all of my own private treasures, note of this, all of my own. They say that a socialist is someone that, that is very, very generous till they run out of other people's money. It's easy to be generous if I'm working on your, on your paycheck. It's easy to be generous if I'm spending your money. But what, what are you giving personally? It's very interesting. Some of the politicians that, that are so big that the government needs to do this and the government needs to do that and we need to take money from this group of people and money from that group of people and we need to uh, take care of all kinds of people. Their own charitable uh, records sometimes are less than $50 a year, $100 a year. That isn't much like you really are committed to it. It's like, I'll be committed to everybody else's cash that I rake out and give it. David wasn't saying that. David said, hey, I took my own personal money here. 
um, because of my devotion to the temple of my God, I am giving all of my own private treasures of gold and silver to help in the construction. This is in addition to the building materials I have already collected for his holy temple. I am donating more than 112 tons of gold from Ophir. Now, Ophir sounds like, like, like you know, uh, Jethro, and like, you know, you're from Dufer, Oregon. Ophir was considered, in ancient times, it was considered the very best, purest gold you could get on the planet, was gold of Ophir. And uh, we don't even know where Ophir was, but it was, it was known, it was on the trade routes. Many people think it was actually a part of Saudi Arabia. Some people feel it could have actually been from the Goa district of India. But he said, I've given 112 tons. That's not tons of wheat. We're talking about gold today, a troy ounce of gold trades at around $1,200 a troy ounce. 12 troy ounces is different than 16 regular ounces. And so we see here, it didn't say that he gave 112 troy tons of gold. This is 112 tons of gold. And 262 tons of refined silver to be used for overlaying the walls of the buildings. And for the other gold and silver work to be done by the craftsmen. Now then, in light of, you know, oh, by the way, guys, here's my offering. I'll just drop my three billion. Anybody else want to, want, to, want to get involved? How of you know it's more fun to get involved in an offering where you're going over the top than where, you know, everybody's like, oh, bummer, and they sell out 35 cents? I like to give to success. I don't know about y'all, but I don't like to go to, like, shut down things. If I know a, a chain store is going out, I'm not, I, you're not going to see me at Toys at Us to try to play Vulture and get the last toy out of there. I don't. When I know that they're bleeding bad, and they're, they're, no, I'd rather go where I know this, this company is they're gaining ground, they're flourishing, because I want my money to compound into some better product and stuff. And so, you know, and, and I'm not putting you down if you go and get all the discount stuff at all the, the places going out of business, but that's just not the style. Same thing with giving, man. <laughs> I'd be motivated. David gave $3 billion. Okay, honey, what can we do? Can we give 3000 can we give 5,000? Can we give 8,000? Can we give 10,000? I like to give in, 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 in where it's, it's going to, where there's some generosity around me. It's more fun. It's kind of like, you know, like you're ready to go pig out and the person that's on that, that, that all protein and salad diet, you know, like Van right down here. Yeah, he is looking better, but you know, I don't want to eat with him. No, it's repulsive. I want the guys that want the donuts and the nuts. Anyway, let's move on. Thank you. Now then, who will follow my example and give offerings to the Lord today? Then the family leaders, the leaders of the tribes of Israel, the generals and the captains of the army, and the king's administrative officers all gave willingly. For the construction of the temple of God, they gave about 188 tons of gold, Okay, 10,000 gold coins, 375 tons of silver, 675 tons of bronze, and 3,750 tons of iron. How many of you know, if you're, if you're going to work on a project, it's nice to have, you know, my father-in-law, Walt, he was a builder for years, and, and uh, my uncle Leo, you know. It was always great when you'd arrive at the job and they dropped the lumber load. And, you, and, and it was nice, especially if the studs weren't all crooked. And, and it's nice to know that all the things that you're going to need, granite and plumbing equipment, and you've got good workmen, and boom, we're going we're gonna to make this thing happen. And that's what David had, his heart was. Now, when Solomon gets to work on this huge project, he's going to have everything he needs because the old man is looking ahead. Why? Because he's absolutely invested in the outcome of this project. He says, they also contributed numerous precious stones which are deposited in the treasury of the house of the Lord under the care of Jehiel, the, a descendant of Gershon. The people rejoiced over the offerings 
For they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord, and King David was filled with joy. Now the first thing that I want to bring up is David gave from his private holdings. David gave from his private holdings. Okay? Now, I used a naughty illustration. Don't let your mouth overload your rump. But I live in a world and, and you know, I'm just going to try to be honest with you like I try to be every day. I, 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 I see life as it's amazing, it's artistic, it's beautiful, it's a dance, and it's also savagely brutal. And you never know what day you have to just be up and you have to be the warrior and be ready to die and charge into the fight. And the other times you're worshiping before God. I understand David. David was schizo. He was. He's crying before God. And then guys that came up and they beheaded Ishbosheth. And he said, you guys are getting killed for doing that. You murdered a righteous man on his own bed. And you're going, David, where's the sweet psalmist of Israel? It's possible that the sweet psalmist of Israel can also become one of the greatest warriors because God, who's the sweet shepherd of all mankind, can also be the one who's Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of armies. And God has that ability to jump up and I'll defend you. And other times he'll just tenderly care for you. Same God. Because it's actually understandable. And so David gave from his private holdings. And, 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 and we, as we look at our life, you know, it's good to know about prayer, but it's even better if you actually, from your own private holdings, get up in the morning and pray yourself. Well, you know, I've got all kinds of books on prayer, and I can answer lots of words on prayer. Do you pray at all? Well, you know, that's not, that's, uh, you know, I'm just here to help you. No. You're going to be inspired by praying people. Your own private holding. You know? When I get motivated to exercise, it's Skylar. Skylar looks like he exercises. I don't want, you know, somebody else, not even Jared from the subway, to be my role model. Come on now. Now look at, 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 at the handwriting. I think that they had it up there last service. Of gold, he gave two billion eight hundred and fifty-seven million one hundred and ninety thousand four hundred dollars worth of gold. Okay, you don't want to play poker with a guy that can put out. Okay, here I'm putting all in two billion. Well, could I call you at one hundred and fifty dollars? You know, silver. 86,112,420 dollars worth of silver. Now, let me just tell you about my calculations. So that I wasn't speaking evangelistically, I, I computed this in troy ounces, in troy weight, not in literal weight. So very likely, these calculations are lower. I, let me just say this. If we have one offering and that kind of money rolls in, I'm buying pizza for the whole church <laughs> that day. Whether you read your Bible or not, you're getting pastors to eat pizza. <laughs> and maybe a new uh, sleep number bed for everybody in the church. You know. <laughs> some, some of you people are by, by faith praying for that. You know. Okay. So number one, he gave from his private holdings. Number two, David felt that the building of God's house is serious business. And so he said this, he said, my son Solomon, who the Lord has clearly chosen as the next king, is still young and inexperienced. The work of him is enormous. The temple he will build is not for mere mortals. It is for the Lord God himself. I have a friend in another city and he calls me a lot and he goes through these troubles and, and, I, I, and, and he asks me, why do I do that? I said, because your church succeeding or failing has nothing to do with you. Your wife is an executive and you have big money whether or not your church goes up or down. And I said, when Kim and I planted, we literally had no backup plan for feeding we arrived in town and we bought 25 pounds of beans, 25 pounds of rice. We were actually told by the Lord to go full-time into ministry. We had one family. 
And I will tell you, we were motivated to pray. We were motivated. We got people saved. Get saved. Now give. Your sins are gone. Give me your wallet. And my friend has... And he told me, he said, you know, you're absolutely right. He said, I love you, Schmelzer. You read my mail. I go, well, sometimes it pays you, sometimes it debits you. But David, the, the success or failure to David was not incidental. It's all he could see. Whether or not he knocked out more Edomites or more Syrians or more Philistines or more Moabites and, and Amalekites, he'd care less about that. If he got more gold in his fiber treasure, he could care less about that. Could you imagine his kids waking up? This is an aside, but I think it's cute, so. Oh, uh, we're going to have a family meeting. Okay, bring them all in. David had lots of sons. And he tells them, he said, uh, hey, we took up an offering and I got excited. Yeah, Dad, what'd you do? Huh, everything. Er, everything? Yeah. I put in almost $3 billion worth of gold, almost $100 million worth of, of, of uh, silver. Um, Dad, um, what about us? Kids, I think everybody needs to get a job now. <laughs> Why wasn't David concerned? Every year, he only cleared out what he had right then. That didn't mean they quit paying tribute from Edom and Syria and other places. There was gold running in. He just said this. He said, I will not be stumbled by my gold. And, and, and he saw how serious building God's house is. Let me just say this. If you want to know a joy value I wish every joy member came to every service all the time. You won't do it. Not everyone will do it. You're, you're not going to have me, you know, sending you nasty grams. But I think that my babies and my grandbabies, and, 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 and I don't come to church and learn something new every week, that's a personal conviction. Because I have no backup plan but the house of God. My kids are thriving. They're, they're smart. But to me, I'm a value shopper. And uh, there are so many things that, uh, that over the years, I've done real estate investing. I've done uh, options trading, stock trading. I've done things. And after every mistress, I realize there's only one real wife for me. And that's the church of Jesus Christ. And so a number of years ago, I just said adios to everything. I said, I'm not going to trade. I have people who try to get me in investments. No, I'm not going to do that. I know where my bread's buttered. My bread is buttered with the one that took me, like David. He took him from following the sheep, and he said, here's your kingdom. God took him and I, and I'll tell you what, we're his problem. Take care of us, feed us. We serve at the pleasure of the king. And I wish, I wish we had 100% participation. That every, every serious dad was here, every service. The Jews do it, Orthodox Jews do it. Guys that are multimillionaires, they'll go to synagogue every morning. They'll have their prayers and they'll go outside and they'll make money. And yet we find that we have a lot of women that'll do this. But guys have jobs. David had a job, but he was all in. Because you have to figure out what's your job that precedes your job. What I do to make money, I call that my pizza money. But my real money is what God is going to kick down for me, my children, my grandchildren, my sons in the Lord, our outreach churches. Okay, I've got to finish up here. I'm only on the second point or third point. The purpose of generous giving is for supplying resource. Why do I give to Circle Youth? Because I want to see guys turned on to Jesus. Kyle, where did they meet you? School? 
He's, you're all nervous. This is Kyle Yapel. He's a young lover of God. Did you get brought to joy from a school Bible study? No, Kyle, I'm talking to you. Go ahead. Yes? Okay, help me, you guys, because I know it's like intimidating. Kyle, everyone's looking at you right now. And, and, okay, Kyle and so many, how many of you young guys got met at a, at a school Bible study that, where someone came to you? Okay, I know Bobby and different ones. Well, okay, two kids out of like the 7,000 kids that come here. <laughs> People's lives change because people have the resource to go get them. So Johnny and the teams, they go out and they go to public schools talking to principals and talking to people. It takes money. That's why the Bible said in Malachi, hey, bring the tithes into the storehouse that there might be meat in my house. So there can be spiritual food given. David understood that. He said, we need to build something. And, and, and so he was going to supply the resource. Number four, personal devotion promotes personal giving. Okay? If you're not a giver, I can tell you this, something else has your affection. It's just simple. If, if, if suddenly I didn't want to kiss my wife and I didn't want to be intimate with her and I didn't want to honor her, she better be looking to see who I'm having an affair with. Oh gosh, that's really crass. This is church. We're here to talk truth, not a bunch of stupidity. If I'm not showing affection where it belongs, there's a good chance I'm showing affection where it don't belong. Hello, welcome to earth. This is just the way it rolls. And when, when my heart and affection is, I'm not giving my time, I'm not giving my treasure, I'm not giving my talent to God, that meant I found another lover. And David said, it ain't going to happen with me. And when he did fall and blew it, man, Psalm 52, it's a great time. If you need to cry, Psalm 51 rather, if you need to cry, read Psalm 51. I bawl every time I read it when David's so broken over what he did. All right. Your devotion will promote your, your involvement. Okay. Number five, only a giver can inspire giving. It's funny. You get inspired. The guy that really loves to play tennis, he's going to motivate you to play tennis and a person to go, I've got tennis on my, uh, on my TV. It's a, it's a video game I have. No, it's that guy who's out there sweating and, and you go, man, I want to be like him. They inspire you. Givers inspire givers. And David was able to say, who will follow my example and give offerings to the Lord? And then a bunch of them stood up and said, we will. Number six, point number six, a great giving team happens when everyone is involved. We may be too big to have everybody involved, but it's still my heart. 100% of the team pursuing 100% of the time. We keep playing tackle until the ball is down and the whistle's blown. We keep running for the goal. We, we block. We give forearm shivers. We stay in the game. Getting your face bloody. Getting a tooth loose. What's that got to do with the game? The game is on. We play until the whistle blows. There's a spiritual game. The game is on. The Bible said in the last days that a bunch of people in God's house are going to turn away. But I don't want it to be you and I don't want it to be me. And there's an attitude that a person has to go and say, game on, I'm still playing the game. Well, all kinds of churches are doing this and that. That can be other kinds of churches. What does that have to do with God's contract with me? You go to Medford. You establish my kingdom there. And in order for there to be a kingdom, someone's got to be willing to be dumb so the king can tell them what to do. 100%. 100% of joy people. There's a spirit of what a joy boy is. There's a spirit of what a joy girl is. And it looks like some of the people you see down here, all in. All the
the time when you're discouraged, when you're abandoned, when you're set back, when you're broke, when you're not feeling healthy. What's that got to do with being all in? Mama, who is that man? I'm ready to preach and it's time to stop. I didn't get saved to be a part of lukewarm Christianity. It absolutely bores me. I want to play cribbage with some guy that he just loves it. He kills me. Then I can find ways to psychologically manipulate him until I can beat him. How many of you know you don't want to go to a, a restaurant where the chef got a cigarette and ashes are falling? He's like, oh, yeah, you know, got a job. I want the guy, you know, he's fake French actor. Oh, what would you like on your, you know, souffle, you know? And he's cooking like crazy. I want a mechanic that, that lives and, and breathes auto manuals. Well, back in 48, we used to have that uh, straight six block, you know what I mean? And going, man, he's redneck. I love him. Just fix the car. All in, all in. A great giving team happens when we're all in. Because I love your house, because I love my church, I'm willing to give. Every year, every year, Kim and I make a, a... a very healthy contribution to Circle Youth. Why? Because we didn't run out of Bobby's and Kyle's young people that are broken. Remember Jen? The time that Natalie would knock on your door. You're worth it, hon. You're worth it. Wow. I'd like to just sit down and listen a while. I love to see people just light it, uh, lit a fire talking. Last point. The sermon is going to burn in your brain tonight. Some of you are going to see my ugly face <laughs> talking to you. Joy is a result of loving and giving slash building God's house. Joy. David already gave his three billion. He already knew God told him, David, because you wanted to build my house, you're not going to have a problem. I'll build your house. Many people don't want to build God's house, but they wonder why their house goes to crap. You put your house first, you get, you get a handful of nothing. Live for you, you'll end up with, with, with ashes and nothing. You put your affection in God's house and he'll say, hey, I'll establish your dynasty. I'll establish the Carrick dynasty. I'll establish the Kelly dynasty. I'll take care of the A cups. I'll take care of the Hicksons. I'll take care of the Schmelzers. I'll take care of the Simpsons. You build his house first. Well, I don't want to serve a God that would want first. Well, then go serve the devil because this one does. He says, you've got to respond. You've got to, by faith, respond, and then you get the goods. And so what happened, that's why David was so jacked up. Not because he didn't think his money was going to be effective. It's because he saw his sons in the Lord marching up all in. This is what we do. We're all going to build God's house. We're all coming to church clean. We all go to home group. We all believe in giving generously. We all will jump out of a car if one of our people are being bullied on the street. I know I'm a dreamer. But what happens is one by one, different ones of you guys, you buy these values. Those people will always end up on top of the heap. There's something about value shoppers. They'll end up with a better deal than people that just say, hey, it's my gold, I'll scatter it around. Let's all stand together. Well, (laughs) I'm having fun and a good time. And I'm preaching. Let me just tell you a confession. I want to win you. I don't want to own you. It's much worse than that. 
I want to win you. God won me. March afternoon in 1971, Scenic Drive, Ashland, Oregon, a little house just below the community hospital there. God won my heart. And I cannot, I cannot abide another lover. He alone is the one that I can have church riding up just north of Bakersfield, having gone through a time that was so severe that I couldn't cry for five years, and finding I could suddenly cry. And it was my God in that little rabbit diesel. That same God that has met me and told me I'll be with you. I don't know about you. I don't think everybody's seen God. I don't think everybody's been captured by God. I think it's too easy to try to analyze him from a statistical. But God is spirit and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And I'm here to win you. If you're saved, that's not enough. Getting to heaven's the easiest part. If God wanted to save you just to get you to heaven, he'd only keep evangelists alive and the rest of us would be raptured as soon as we got saved. But he wants to build a kingdom. He wants value shoppers. Because the Davids are few and far between. The gamer babes are so few and far between. And there are times I look back and say, oh God, I look around here and I see servants. You, your servanthood is so much better than mine in so many areas. I don't know about you, but being in this congregation humbles me. I'm not the best Christian. But I do know who rescued me. And I do know that if I get good and bored of all this, it's just time for Jesus to take me to heaven. But while I live, I want to reach for him. I want to chase David. Say, God, give me a willing heart. How many say, I'll pray that with you too, Pastor. God, give me a willing heart. Give me a willing heart. Lord, not a hypocritical talk a big talk, but no show. But let my mouth and my actions come into agreement. How many of you know that's what the young generation, it's easy to criticize millennials and it's cr easy to criticize young people, but they never saw marriages at work. They never saw a dad that stuck around. They never saw someone that would go to the mat for them. And I say, if we can show these youth in our city consistent love, if we can show them that we can go through trials and we don't quit praying, we don't quit praising, it's easy for them to say, wow, I don't have to just commit suicide. Today, there are very likely some individuals here that you've never given your life to Jesus. God did everything to join you. He sent his only begotten son to take away your sins. So I'd like us to bow our head, close your eyes. If you're here today and you say, I'd like to join God, God's done everything to join me. I'd like to be a, a worshiper of God. I want the Lord to forgive me of my sins. I know I'm not perfect. I know that I've sinned and fallen short of God's expectations. If you're here today and you say, I want to join God, put your hand up loud and proud so I can just see you and pray with you. If you're here today, I see a hand up. I see a couple hands here anymore. Get your hands up, guys. Just leave them up there. I see another hand in the back. Let me tell you something. God's after you. God's mining for a heart of gold. He wants to give you his heart. Let's all pray this prayer together. If, 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 if you are receiving Jesus, please later on come down and let the prayer team know. They'll pray with you, give you some instructions on how to follow on. But God is still recruiting people to be in his family so he can pour out the goodness of his love. Pray this prayer, everybody. Dear Father, I come to you this day understanding my need of the Savior. Jesus is the Savior of the world. 
He gave all. Like David, he gave it all. He gave his own life to save me from sin. You said, Father, if I would call on you, call on your name, I would be saved. I'm calling on your name. You also said, if I would call on your name, I would not be ashamed. Take away my shame. I pray, oh God, forgive me of my sins. They are many. You are a great Savior. If you'll be my God, I'll be your servant. If you'll be my father, I'll be your child. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 For the rest of us, how many say, Pastor, all in is, is my goal? Sometimes just saying it, it, it doesn't change. Sometimes you have to bear down a bit. How many of you ever gotten a little bit behind spiritually and you had to bear down, you had to pray through, you had to, you had to keep praising through some funky feelings? But it's time for joy. We just need to come lit up. Just come lit up. Lit up! <laughs> just pray with me. Dear Father, light that fire inside my heart, inside my mind. Do what you did to David. Make my chief joy being your house, being that invisible church, that place that's represented not only by the building, but it's that spiritual connection where I can pray to you. I can be in touch with you in a car, in the prairie, in a ship, on a plane, wherever I may be, I am part of your church. I love your house, Lord. Let it burn. Let it be my chief joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's shout a little bit. Hey, hey. yeah. Woo. Come on, let's party a little bit. <laughs>